Pastor is away with his family and April's family enjoying part of the holiday period, and so we uh, wish him a restful time and also safe travels. The Sunday after Christmas and the Sunday after Easter are historically low attendance Sundays, but we're going to have, we have quality versus quantity. Yes. This is the last day of the year, the last Sunday of the year, the fifth Sunday. So a lot, lot going on today for sure. Let's begin in prayer. Father, we are thankful for each and every one that's here. We're, we pray safe travels for those who are not. Uh, we pray that you would enter into our midst with your Holy Spirit. And even though we're few in number, we all have the desire to worship you, which we hope to do in earnest today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. The epistle reading is Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. The gospel reading is Luke 22 through 40, which will also be the text for the sermon when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, alive for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. 
The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of should be Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then there was a widow and, and, and then was a widow until she was eighty four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When, Mary, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This has been the word of God for you, the people of God. One of the trends of our culture these days, there are people who are called influencers. They're mostly on social media. They're sometimes called life coaches, but I prefer influencers. According to the all-knowing source Wikipedia, an influencer has the power to affect the decisions and actions of others due to his or her authority, knowledge, and position or relationship to their audience. Now you're wondering what that has to do with anything. And hopefully over the next couple of hours, I'll be able to explain that to you. But. When I was looking at uh, the influencers of today's time, they were mostly sports figures, entertainment f figures, fashion and fitness. And these people are give their opinions and usually promote some type of a service or product, and they get paid for it. That I could probably do, but nobody wants to listen to what I have to say about it. But anyway, the influencers are, are out there and, um, you know, what it is. We have many influencers in our lives and have had family, friends, co-workers, teachers, coaches. But what about Jesus? So does Jesus, through his word, have the ability to affect our decision and actions due to his authority, knowledge, and position or relationship with us. Back in September, our district superintendent, uh, Sandra Johnson, delivered the message. 
And the main theme of her message is, was to tell somebody, if Jesus has done something for you in your life, tell somebody. I don't know how many times she said that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that what she said was wrong by any means. But what she's talking about is evangelism. And personal evangelism is difficult. Are you supposed to just walk up to somebody and say, I want to tell you about Jesus? Might work in some cases. In most cases, probably not so much. Simeon and Anna witnessed in the temple. Mary and Joseph brought the infant or child Jesus to the temple for the annual rites which were required by the law. Simeon came in and delivered what they call the Nook Demetus, his song of, that he sang. He was so happy that he finally met the Messiah and then he could basically be allowed to go off and die in peace. That's what it amounted to. Anna, it said, was she was 84 years old. She was married for seven years. And then, so she was probably maybe 20 when her husband died. So that's a lot of years to, to wait. The temple at that time was a lot, very large structure, and it had many rooms in it. And it's not clear whether Anna was living in one of those rooms or whether she just came to the temple every day to pray and fast. But both Simeon and Anna witnessed to the fact that, that Jesus was indeed the Messiah and that he was there. So sometimes our witness can be verbal. Sometimes it can be more action. And those actions can lead to, open the door to lead to, to uh, evangelism verbally. So let me set the stage for you for just a minute on this situation. I was aware of a an event that took place during a sporting event uh, back last spring. And um, I was, I said, well, I'm going to look that up and, and get the facts straight and, and try to relate that to what I'm trying to say today. And lo and behold, last Sunday, on the front page of the Chattanooga paper was that story. You don't think God had something to do with that? There is a, a young woman named Chapel Cunningham. That was from Chattanooga. And she was playing for Southeast University, which is an NAIA school, a very small school in Florida. And she played shortstop 
And the center fielder was uh, Leah Gonzalez. And they were playing in a very, uh, in a game between two highly ranked teams in the NAIA. They were playing Grandview University. And the catcher for Grandview University is Caitlin Moses. Don't expect you to have heard of any of these, know anything about it. And if you read the Sunday paper last week and remember this, bear with me. Situation was um, the Southeast University was in the field and Caitlin Moses was at bat. Southeast University was ahead four to one. The bases were loaded for Grandview University. And Caitlin Moses hit a ball that was a, what they call in baseball a no-doubter. It was gone. And so she was excited about that. She rounded first base and collapsed. Fortunately, it was nothing life-threatening, but she had managed to severely injure her knee. According to the rules of baseball and softball, if a batter hits a home run, they have to uh, go around the, the bases and touch every base and, and touch home. She was in such pain that she could not do that. She was calling for her coaches, for her, for her teammates to come out there and help her, but by rule they were unable to do so. So Chapel Cunningham and Leah Gonzalez. Went to her aid. One got on one side, one got on the other. And carried her from first base to second base. Let her down to touch the base. From second base to third base, carried her touched her down where she could touch third base and then carried her from third base to home so she could uh, touch home. That resulted, of course, in Grandview University being ahead five to four. And in that particular game, Grandview went on to, to win seven to four. But had, they, had these two young women not done what they did, then the outcome, no doubt, would have been much different. And so they have a, an award in uh, sports called the Musial Awards. For those of you who have gray hair like I do, you probably know who it's named after, Stan Musial. A, a great baseball player that was known for his uh, sportsmanship. 
And so they were awarded the Musial Award for, for sportsmanship. And they asked, well, what, they were on Sports Illustrated, they were on uh, ESPN Sports Center, and they were asked, what, what made you do that? Because if you hadn't done what you had done, then you probably would have won the game. And said, well, they were Christians, and they wanted to always do the right thing. Their coach told them, do the right thing. No matter what you do, do the right thing. Which is difficult, certainly. And looking a little further back, I found that in 2008, uh, in a game between Central Washington and Western Oregon, which I've never heard of either one of them, but there was a similar situation took place where a, where a batter hit a home run and, and couldn't make it, but this particular one was much more recent. So instead of Dr. Of, excuse me, Sandra Johnson saying, tell somebody, I would submit to you that maybe the best way to witness is to show somebody show somebody and if by our daily living and maybe a situation like this I would say that none of us would ever be in this exact same situation but in a, in a situation such as this then a, a witness of action can open the door to a witness in of words I want what you have. How do I get that? Well, let me tell you. The way that can come up. In my life, I've had many opportunities to witness to people. And I would say most of them, I blew it. Not because of what I said, but what I didn't say. A situation would come up, and after the fact, I said, you know, that would have been a perfect opportunity for me to say to this individual, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you how much he has meant to me and how he has blessed me but you know when the situation come and goes you can't go back many times but I've thought about that and you may you may have known just what to say at just the right time when somebody came up but if you're like me I said should have said that should have brought it up the other part of being um, and a Christian by your actions and even by your words is that it does add responsibility, come with a responsibility to each of us because, you know, we're, we're hold to higher standards. 
this, that person said he's a Christian and yet he did this or said this. Um, so it can do a lot of damage. So is Jesus uh, important or the most important influencer in your life? Are our daily lives influenced Influ are our daily lives influence, influencing in others, positively or negatively? And can we endeavor to bring others to Christ with our words and or actions? Something to think about as the, we start a new year, a new chapter. Christian year is already a month old. But the new year is, is ahead of us. How many professions of faith have we had in this church where people, I'm not talking about from one denomination to another or, or another congregation to another, but a profession of faith. If each of us could find a responsibility, an opportunity to witness by our actions and then maybe by our words. What a difference it can make. I'm not talking about numbers in the, in the pews. I'm talking about differences in people's lives. I hope, I hope that um, that's something that I have said that God spoke to you through that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to witness to others. Help us to live our daily lives so that we might be a living witness for you. And that may lead to being able to share our witness with other people and bring them to you or back to you. In Jesus' name, amen.